Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Failure to appear for what charge? Um, driving without a license, something like, something like that. Any felonies? Do I have a felony? I have a, I have a felony, yeah. Yeah, but were the, was a warrant for a felony or you have other, no. uh, different felonies? In the, no. Okay. And, no. all right, and how many times have you been, uh, this is a relevant question whenever anyone testifies, can you just tell me how many, how many times have you been convicted of a felony? This is the plaintiff, Frederick Herbert. He says he dated and lived with the defendant, and when he came home one day, the defendant was gone. So was all his valuable stuff. He's not about to let the defendant get away with stealing from him, and he's suing today in this court for the $7,800 he's owed. This is the defendant, Marcus Green. He says the plaintiff cheated on him and was arrested for something, so he decided to leave him while he was in jail. He stole nothing from the plaintiff and isn't responsible for the apartment being ransacked by someone once he moved out. He's accused of letting a lover down. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Mr. Herbert, you're suing your former boyfriend of four years ago? Yeah, pretty much. Yes. You sue, no, four and a half years ago for stealing a bunch of your stuff. Tell me how this came about. 2016, you dated, how long did you date? Uh, we dated for, I think in total it was about eight months maybe. Okay, and then what happened? Um, so I had, I had went out and I had got, a, I had got arrested um, for some, um, some old, old, um, old warrants that I had. What were the warrants for? Um, for not, not failure, failure to appear or something, something like that. Yeah. Failure to, failure to appear for what charge? Um, driving without a license or something like, something like that. Any felonies? Do I have a felony? I have, I have a felony. Yeah. Yeah. But were the, was a warrant for a felony or you have other, no. uh, different felonies? In the, no. Okay. And no. all right. And how many times have you been, uh, this is a relevant question. Whenever anyone testifies, can you just tell me how many, how many times have you been convicted of a felony just once okay um now talk to me about what happened you end up going to jail for not failure to appear on the traffic stuff and you're in jail for how long well it's traffic criminal but you're in jail for how long two weeks and what happens when you get out of jail um i got i got out of jail um i went home and the the, the house was completely torn apart 
um, the electricity was off, and, and, and Marcus was nowhere to be found. So when you got out, did you call him? Did you talk to him? Did you find out what was going on? I tried, I tried calling him. I couldn't, couldn't get in touch with him. Um, yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get in touch with him at, like whatsoever at all. <clears throat> did you ever speak to him again? I did, late, much later on. Um, and he, How and much later? he told me that, I think, it, I think it was like maybe a week or so after I got out. Mm-hmm. That I, 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 he, he finally did. Pick, he, he, that he finally picked up the, up the phone, um, and he just he just told me that um, you know he he was he had left, and so I asked him like you know where my where my trucks where, where my truck was at you know where my stuff was at. He told me he didn't take any t- he didn't have any of it, but I knew that was a lie. Okay. Did you call the police? I did. All right. And did you file a police report? I did. For a, sto- for, a, for a stolen vehicle. What about all this other stuff you're talking about? Because you have, your lawsuit isn't even for the vehicle. Your lawsuit is for almost 8,000, almost exactly the statutory max, 7,800, and your statutory max is 8,000, for different stuff, $1,000 in Wii games, $700 in a Tiffany necklace, uh, an, an iPad for $700, a Samsung phone for $700, an Arcos tablet for $700, an HP laptop for $400, a Canon camera. All these things, you didn't tell the police that he stole these things? No, I, I did. I did tell them, but they, they did not, um, they did not in- incorporate that into the, into the report at that time. I don't why know why, but they, they, they why? just, I don't know why. Like I, 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 Usually it's because I, you I didn't tell them all those things. No, no. When I when I when I reported the car stolen, I told them that that my boyfriend Marcus had stolen my stolen my vehicle and he had also stolen my things out of my house, and they just for some reason the officer just when decided to. When did you call not... the police? Right when it happened, or? Yeah, as soon as I as soon as I got, as, I, as soon as I got home. Well, I think that. When was, did you get home? I got home the 14th. No, no. I'm sorry. The 24th. The 20. The 29th. Okay. Well, the police report I'm looking at shows that you contacted the police two days later on the 31st. Let me hear um, from you, sir. What happened here, Mr. Green? According to him, he ends Uh, up getting arrested, he's in custody, and you leave and wipe him out. Let me hear your response. Because he did not get arrested just for no uh, charges. He got arrested for selling narcotics at the time. That's one. And two, I didn't take any of his belongings. When I left the apartment after he got arrested, I took my two bags of clothing, and that's it. And I left his keys in the mailbox, told his friends where, where were they at because he was in the jail at the time, so I couldn't tell him where his uh, keys were. Why were you leaving him? Because uh, I found out some things while he was incarcerated. I went through his laptop, Such went through as? his phone. He was sleeping around on me, having sex parties, actually recording it, actually having pictures of it. And I just couldn't take it, so I just packed up my stuff and left. Did you ever tell him, hey, I went through your stuff and I found all the evidence of you cheating on me? I did. Oh, you left that part out, Mr. Herbert. All right, um, he, he now, didn't tell me that. He uh, didn't tell did you that. take his truck? I did not. I didn't take nothing of his. Where'd you go, by the way, Mr. Green, when you left? This was in Philadelphia, where'd you go? I went back home to Charleston, South Carolina. And unfortunately for you, so was his car. When did you find out that your car was in South Carolina? I found out that it was in South Carolina. Um, it had to be... Mm, 2018? 2018. 
Yeah, like yes. a couple of years later. You find out that yeah, the car... No, so how did no, the car no, get no, to no. South Carolina, no. Mr. Green? If you did, Is it a car or a truck? It's a truck. How did his truck end up in South Carolina if you're not the one who took it? Your Honor, when I left, just because I came to South Carolina doesn't mean that I stayed in South Carolina. When I left him, I, I left the keys. Of all the gin joints in all the, the places in the world, it ends up in South Carolina, <laughs> the state where you go to. Isn't that something? I left... Isn't that something? I left his Sounds keys. like he's not the I only liar. Sounds like maybe you're a liar. No, ma'am, I'm not. Mr. Herbert, let me ask you a question. Why is it 2021 when you're finally going to court? Because this is stuff you're complaining about that happened in 2016. 2016, yes. Because, because honestly, I've, I've wrestled with taking him to court. Like, I, 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 didn't, I didn't really want to take for him to court. For five years? You wrestled for five years? Oh, yeah, basically, yeah. And, and you know, every, every, time, every time an issue came up that I, where I needed, I needed my vehicle, I, I, thought, I thought about him and, and, and the situation. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it because, because it's, not, it's not right, first of all, because everything, everything that he took from me was, was stuff that, like, I had, like, it was presents people, people gave to me. It was, like, personal stuff, like, that had nothing to do with him whatsoever. Do you even have receipts for anything that you're saying he took from you? Just curious. I don't have receipts for, any, for anything because, because it was all it was all like personal stuff and 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 gifts that people had had, had given me. So I just got okay. um, and Mr. pictures. Green, of, what were of, you what were you about to say? Your Honor, I just want to know: is can, can a drug dealer actually sue you without no receipts? Like I, I'm trying to understand how all this. How he's even trying to sue me for things that I well, didn't even you know didn't we even had leave in the him. apartment. Excuse me, because I got a I got a question for you. I think it's the video that may, of him cheating on you that made you leave him. You were fine with the drug dealing part apparently, because your reason for leaving him is that you caught him red-handed. So yeah, anybody can sue you if you steal from them. Okay. Uh, but Which here's I did the not. thing. You got yeah. well, let me tell you something, Mr. Green. I don't know about that. I know you probably didn't steal a Tiffany necklace, an iPad, and this or that, all the stuff that he's saying now, because he didn't even mention it to the police back then. But I'm also a little suspicious that his truck ends up being found two years later in South Carolina. So just in case either of you think that I just fell off a turnip truck, I didn't. Okay? So no one's telling me the truth here. In the law, there is a concept called the statute of limitations. Let me explain to you. Eh, you know it already. Mm -hmm. A statute of limitations is a deadline that we give people for when they can file a case. And each offense, whether it's criminal or civil, has like a certain amount of time, depending on your state, how long you have. Mm -hmm. You have two That's years okay. in your state to file the, the theft of stuff. And right. it is almost six years later. So you are out of gas okay. from the starting gate on whether or not you can file. You are now six years at, beyond the theft and it, you, what you had was two years. So my verdict in this case is for the defendant. Thank you, Your Honor. You lucky, you are so lucky. <laughs> So, Judge Millian did not find for the plaintiff in this case. The defendant prevails. Mr. Green, how do you feel about the outcome? What are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking justice was on my side this time. And, you know, because, you know, waited this long for obviously something that I did not do. A black man could see, so. All right. Well, listen, that's the way it worked out. I gather you two have not, it's over between the two of you, right?
far as you're concerned? That's correct. That's definitely correct. Okay. Mr. Herbert, you filed the lawsuit, but it didn't work out. What are you thinking right now? And you waited so long to file. Yeah, that, that, was, that, that was my fault. Um, but other, other, than, other than it taking too long, or me, me taking too long, he absolutely did steal my stuff, I can, and I, I can prove it. So he knows what he did. I know what he did, regardless. That's the way it goes. All right, let's see what the judges have to say about this. Let's join them now for another edition of After the Verdict. When somebody goes to a courthouse and files a lawsuit and tries to obtain money or damages from someone, we expect them to act with diligence, with reasonable diligence to get over there and assert your claim. And there are serious consequences when they don't. You ruled on this case based on the statute of limitations. In this case, it was two years. Um, people's memories fade, evidence disappears, evidence gets lost. Things just get destroyed. Right. It's unfair. So everything has a time limit. Well, sometimes maybe lawsuits are more intended to inflict cruelty or pain than to obtain damages. I don't I'm know. just wondering why this far off, because yeah. we never really Waiting heard a, a reason time. why this this far off. And it sounds like they were Splitsville a long time, long time ago. ago. This thing's this relationship was gone and dead. My God, six years ago. Yeah. Right. Tandy wants to know this. Hey, Harvey. Does my neighbor have the right to park his car on the street directly in front of my house? Isn't the front of my house considered my property? Nope. <laughs> it is not. It is public property. And if it's a lawful place to park, you're out of luck. Now, if there are time limits on how long the car can be parked and they exceed the time limits, you want to call the police or whatever, you can do that. But if the, if the, the parking area says you can park there, tough. That'll do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is the plaintiff, Laura Lewis. She says she hired the defendant to paint her house. He showed her an expired license and hoodwinked her. And she wants her $900 returned and is suing for it here today. This is the defendant, Ricky Millward. He says the plaintiff knew full well before he started that he wasn't licensed and had no insurance. That's why he gave her the great deal he did. He bought all the materials and refuses to return her money. He's accused of fudging the details. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket. The plaintiff says she hired the defendant to paint her house, thinking the guy was a professional. And yeah, he did a terrible job, she says. But the defendant says he gave the plaintiff a great deal, and she knew full well he wasn't licensed. It's the case of a house of a different color. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Ms. Lewis, what happened here? On October 15th, I signed a contract with Rick Millward to paint the exterior of my home for a total cost of $3,300.
Um, in the How contract, did you find him we, to, as a painter? Like, did you know him? Had you used him before? Had a friend used him? So I had found him through my friend, and he was working on a house across the street from her. They started conversing with one another, and on the 1st of October, she started working for him as a day laborer. And I asked her if he would be, I, I asked to meet with him to get a bit, if he would be willing to paint my home. And he came over and looked at my home um, and gave me a bit. And I felt confident okay. in the conversation we had and proceeded with the contract. And you entered into a contract. Right. And on the 15th, we signed the contract. That evening, I was rereading the contract and I noticed there was no license number on the contract. I've worked with contractors before and usually their license number is on it. Um, so that was on a Thursday. Had you discussed a license with the defendant before you signed the contract? I believe he indicated that he was an electrician by trade, not a general contractor. But he indicated to me that he was a licensed a licensed electrical contractor. On the bid, he says I he's mean, a licensed it, it, contractor. A, a electrical contractor, which I guess, right. was that expired, Mr. Millward, because you're retiring? Uh, I had let it lapse, actually. Right. It, it expired due, because I hadn't renewed it. And uh, I had also let uh, both her friend Mary and her know that, and uh, that I was uh, retiring. And at, at no time did Mary actually work for me. She was a subcontractor, and that was explained to uh Mrs. Lewis. What kind of license did you want him to have, Ms. Lewis? What is it that you think he needs in order to paint a house? I wanted him to be, I wanted him to be a licensed and bonded contractor so that if there was any damage done to my house, that he was sure, bonded. Sure, but I, I I'm wondering why, who put that in your head, Mary? Because you didn't have any of that in your head when you signed a contract. You didn't look for that. That's not on the contract. And I don't believe anybody discussed licensing until after you signed the contract. You know, it, it was like an afterthought. It was so very clearly yes. an afterthought on your part. So who yes. did you talk to that said to you, hey, you want to make sure he's licensed and bonded? No one. I just know I have dealt with contractors in the past and on their bids. If you're so savvy numbers. because you've dealt with so many contractors, why didn't you read what you were signing? I understand that. But on the contract, it also right. states that he is a licensed um, electrical contractor by the state of Idaho. But you're not having him do electrical work. I understand that. I understand that. I, and I understand that contractors can have a wide range of crafts. I understand that he, he's an electrician by trade, not a painter. But in my mind, if he was licensed and bonded, that that would give me the security I needed to let it proceed with the house. Yeah, no, I, I, ma'am, I don't dispute that I would okay. want somebody licensed and bonded. I'm just telling you I know when I hire someone who isn't. You see, their prices are cheaper. The job, the scope of the work isn't that important or technical. And, you know, painting is kind of that kind of thing. So I see that you entered into the contract on October 15th, on October 16th. You write to him, I, hi, I just want to confirm you are a licensed and bonded contractor. I don't see your license number on the bid. Call it CYA. It's obviously the first time that you bring that up. And then what do you tell her when she brings that up? You say, let me see what I can do in terms of what, like trying to see if you can buy 
uh, get bonded just for the job or what? What were you trying to do, Mr. Uh, Millward? I believe uh, the, I'll see what I can do, follow the phone conversation with her rather than the text. And I, I reiterated, I might add, reiterated that I was not licensed or bonded in the city of Chubbuck. I was not a painting contractor. I did not need a permit to repaint a home. And the only thing that brought me to doing this work for uh, Miss Lewis was her friend who uh, had approached me looking for some work. Uh, she had approached me several times while I was uh, finishing up a project for a friend of mine, and I told her that, you know, I might could get some work for her, but that she would have to just do it, you know. I, uh, I would help her out uh, with any estimating or what she had, might have to do, but that I was retiring, and uh, that's how it would have to be. So, right, at some point you tell Ms. Lewis, listen, at some point you tell Ms. Lewis that you were going to see what you could do. So did you ever go down to the city to see how much a license would cost? I know how much a license would cost. How much does a license cost? How much does uh, a painting license cost? with the city of Chubbuck to obtain a license. So it's fifty dollars. Yeah, because I was going to say it's not much. No, so, but the in, but uh, the insurance so, is and a bond. But you had offered to get bonded for this job. How much would it have cost you to get bonded for this job? Uh, that's generally based upon the amount of bond, which we could never agree on. Uh, when this all came about is after the uh, person that we we spoke of here that. Uh, we got the bid. This, this lady had a small problem, and uh, I couldn't have her working with me, or especially not for me. And uh, she'd been warned a few times that she couldn't come to work as she was, and she actually quit. What was the problem? Alcohol, drinking. She quit between the 15th and the 16th. So on the 16th, I get these emails uh, and texts from uh, Laura telling me uh, she needed licenses and bonds and every, everything else to do the work. Uh, I told her I could probably get something project specific. And uh, later on, she comes back with, uh, well, if I did all that and hired her friend, that I could have the project. And uh, if you follow, follow through with the text and things that I submitted, uh, it's, it clearly states there that, you know, I'm, I was not going yeah, to Yeah, then all of a sudden it was that she wanted you to be licensed with the state and with the city. Yes, ma'am. Did you buy any supplies or you hadn't gotten around to that yet? I bought supplies and I also had uh, or materials on site and tools. Uh, we had shown up to do the job. So are there materials at your house, Ms. Lewis? Is there paint and materials at your house? No. What are the supplies that you say are at her house, Mr. Millward? Is there paint at her house? Uh, there's, there are some tarps and uh, electrical cords. I did not leave any materials at her home, uh, but materials for the project, okay. yeah. Been purchased, but you have them. Yes, I have them. That was my question. All yes, right, I now. have the materials. I misspoke. It's All it's right. uh, my tools, some tools that are there on site still. 
And let me ask you, Mr. Millward, did you guys ever discuss returning a portion of the of the deposit? Because you didn't really do any work. So had you two discussed at any point in time you returning a portion of the deposit or no? Because, I, in fact, I see it in your text where you say, well, you're not going to get a full refund. I did, did. I did attempt to discuss that with her. And, yes, there was there was some work done with the project. Okay, so why did you say in the text, this is your text, I am, I am willing to do a partial refund or complete the contract as written, or I have proposed two other options to the original contract and to address the refund request, both of which you have re- rejected. So what do you propose? And she just doesn't answer. So what was a partial refund you had in mind? Uh, possibly 50%. At this point, I don't wish to refund anything, Your Honor. I spent quite a bit of time rendering drawings uh, for with the different materials available. And uh, I've spent more time uh, with these proceeds than... You spent uh, exactly the same amount of time that you'd spent when you wrote that text. You didn't work on it after you wrote that text, okay? So at the time of that, the only thing that's different is that she filed a lawsuit against you, and you're angry because she dragged you into court. But the entire contract was for how much? 3300 Yes. Right. I see where he does text you and say to you that he'll that he'll get a bond for the specific job. Why wasn't that good enough? We get a license for 50 bucks and a bond for the specific job. We're talking about resolving our problems with less than $100. I'm just surprised that it descended to this. But, Ms. Lewis, you, you have a problem, and your problem mm-hmm. is that you think that you can enter into a contract on day one and then demand changes to the contract on day two. A contract is your offer... His acceptance. You say, will you paint my house for 3300 And he says, yes. He's going to give you his talent, and you're going to give him your money. That's it. The contract is sealed. And then you turn around, you say, wait, I have several clauses I'm going to add to our contract. No. Okay? So now there's $900 on his side, and I believe that what he should have is the benefit, the profit that he would have made on the deal. How long would it have taken to paint the house? You were also going to do siding? We, would re- we were going to replace some of the siding that was damaged beyond the point of cleaning up uh, to paint. The profit, profit for the house would have been probably about $900 all total. Uh, I, I know that sounds fishy because that's what he's got. But I, I, I kind of agree with them that that would be the profit margin on, 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 the, it's, it's, on a paint job like that because it takes a long time. The project to paint, is way uh, underbid. I was trying to help a couple of people out. And as they say, no good deed goes unpunished. And that's. I'm going to allow him to keep the $900. I find that you're the one who breached the contract and he doesn't have to return any of the deposit. That's my judgment. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. So the judge finds for the defendant in this case, he can keep the $900. Ms. Lewis, what do you think about right now? I thought I was in the right because within 24 hours, I had noticed my error and I had made a mistake. And I thought he would be forthcoming and return my money. Okay, you've learned a lesson valuable. That cost you $900. Okay. Mr. Millward? Let me ask you how you're feeling right now. I'm sure you feel pretty good, right? Well, I don't know that I feel very good about it. It's been a, a mess from beginning to end. And uh, 
just tried to help the lady out and both of them and it uh turned out bad so all right sir well i hope you have a happy retirement good for you am i the only person who thinks it's absolutely ridiculous to require someone to have a license to paint, to paint. houses to paint, paint, paint a house <laughs> you got to get a license to mow your lawn too i mean it's absurd <laughs> I mean, I painted houses for a couple of summers when I was a kid in, in high school and when I, my first year of college. It wasn't all that complicated. We were not licensed, bonded, insured, etc. at the no. time. So Jane wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, my neighbor's tree roots have invaded my yard to the point where I can't even cut my lawn. If I cut the roots and his tree falls down, will I be in trouble? The law is this. You are allowed to cut invading roots and branches up to the property line, your property line. You cannot go any further. If you cut them to the property line and the tree dies, in theory, you're okay. You are allowed to do that. What I would advise to avoid a problem is to talk to your neighbor first and say, look, we got a problem here. You want to get a professional tree person out here. I'm fine with it, but I'm going to cut these roots if you don't come out within X period of time. That's what I would do. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Tiana Johnson. She says she parked her car in the defendant's parking lot. Now she has a scratched bumper and the defendant refuses to pay. This isn't right. And she's here in the name of justice, seeking the $1,000 she's owed. is the defendant, Eric. He says the woman left his parking lot and then three hours later accused him of scratching her car. It could have gotten scratched anywhere. She's just trying to blame him. He's accused of a car catastrophe. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case in the docket. The plaintiff says she parked her car in the defendant's parking lot. He scratched her car and now won't pay. But the defendant says that the woman left his parking lot and came back three hours later accusing him of the damage. How dare she? It's the case of the car catastrophe. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Ms. Johnson, what happened? Well, I had parked my car the October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. I went back on the 4th to go get my car. It was me and my nephew and my niece. Um, my car was a race. I'm sorry, hold on, back up. This is an outdoor parking lot, right? Correct. And you do the parking yourself, correct? No, the tenant parks the car. Well, the tenant parked my car. The attendant parks your car, so you give him the car with the keys in it, and they park the car? Correct. All right, and what happens? Um, when I went to go get my vehicle, it was reversed thin, so I didn't notice any scratches on the back of the car. And Wait, so I'm sorry. Now I'm confused. So you go and get your own car. The attendant doesn't bring it to you? Correct. He gave me the keys okay. to take my own so, car out. And then you drive out, and then what happens? I went to go drop my niece off. I said I didn't notice the damages because the car was reversed back. I noticed the damages once I got in the trunk. I seen the damages. Um, I then dropped my niece when off. When did you get... You back. said you... Stop. You went, you dropped your niece off. And so when is it that you noticed the damages? When you dropped your niece off or when you got home? When did you notice the damages? When I dropped my niece off, I noticed the damages once I got out the car and I was in a tr- I went in the trunk to get her stuff. That's when I noticed the damages. Okay. And that was how long after you had left the parking lot? Probably like about an hour. Okay. And did you call them or did you go back? No, I, I went back. 
I went okay, back. And what happened? Um, I, ex- I explained to the guy what happened. Um, I didn't really understand him. He didn't understand me because he didn't really speak that much English. I asked him to call the owner. Um, he FaceTimed the owner um, and showed him the damages. Um, he said that I left out the garage, that he wasn't liable because I left out. I asked him if he could play the cameras to, you know, it would show that I was liable, that I was, he was liable because I left my car there for two days. Um, he refused, and then I then called the cops. The cops told me there was nothing they could do because it was private property, that I would have to take it up in court, and that's what I did. Okay, let me hear from you, Mr. Eric. Well, uh, the young lady parked the car, like she says, and she parked it on a Saturday uh, evening. And does she give it to the attendant? Is it accurate that the attendant is the one she who gave, parks the she car? Gave it to the, she gave it to the attendant. It's an open lot. So the car was parked for a couple of days. She came to retrieve the car on a Sunday uh, about 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And just as it sounds, like she was saying, she came back for not one hour, two hours, two, hour, two and a half hours later, claiming that her bumper was scratched uh, on my premises. And one thing, uh, Your Honor, is that I cannot be liable for any person that doesn't look of any damage within my inside my premises. Otherwise, I'll be paying for everybody scratch after they leave uh, the premise of anything that happened. That is uh, it's any parking lot rule. I mean, are you conscious of uh, what's happening to your car, the way you leave your car in the parking lot? You should, you know, you should be conscious and look at it before you leave the premises. Because it's impossible for me to be paying a thousand dollars for scratch on the car that could have happened anywhere. I'm not saying that it didn't happen in my place, and if it did, you know, if we would have, have an argument, and then we'll because it had happened previously. But I have my people that will fix my cars, and you know, hey, I'd be more than glad to. I would have spoken to her, but when I told her what had happened, she disappeared, and the only thing that I heard a month a month so later was just a, a summons from the uh, small claim court. For well, what else is she going to discuss with you? She called you and th- you were FaceTiming with her. You told her I'm not responsible. And what else is there to do? Keep begging you? I mean, she says that she asked you to play the cameras. Do you have cameras on the parking lot? I have camera, but the cameras, they're not the high, uh, uh, the high definition camera. And it was late at night, and, you know, there's no way it could have, a little scratch is going to show on the camera, uh, Your Honor. It's impossible. But um, when I went um, to go pick up my car, it was during the day. So if you were able to show the cameras, it would show during the day that it was scratches when I left the parking lot. That's why I asked you to show me the cameras. You hear what she's saying? Yeah, I see what she's saying. But the problem is that scratch on the car is very hard unless it's a... a, a, a they're not great cameras. Or, They're not. It's not like someone's got their iPhone, you know, at you, and then you can exactly. squeeze it higher. It's it's very blurry. I've seen these cameras before. Yeah. Ms. Johnson, here's where the problem lies. I've been doing these cases all my life. You know what I do when someone brings me a car I've left for them, when the valet brings a car around and I'm, I'm going to get in my car? I start here. The car comes here. I don't want to seem like a weirdo or a jerk or like I'm holding somebody up. So I immediately, I look at the car as it's coming. So I've got the front side. Then I walk around and then I make it up to here and then I come back and get in the car so I can make sure that there's no dent on it. Why? Because once you drive off, it is extremely, extremely hard to prove. They're saying, you know, the only way for you to prove it happened here is to tell us when you pick up the car. 
and he's kind of right. That's the only way to prove these cases. I'm looking at the damage to your car, and you had sent this, this car, your damage, is on the top of your fender. So That's I don't exactly. even know how it could have happened that way. So how does something like that happen? I don't know. So if, I, if it came in there like that, why wasn't it documented that my car was already scraped? That's not his premise. It's not that it came in there like that. His premise is that you left the parking lot and you can't disprove that it happened after you left. Tell me how that would happen in the parking lot. That damage I'm to your sure car. How, What's your theory? I'm not sure, but I know, I know when I came in there that my car wasn't like that at all. Right I don't know how yeah. that could have happened. Yeah. My car was in there from the second, the third, and the Go fourth. Go ahead, Mr. Eric. From where the scratch is at, that seems like it's a high vehicle, either a truck or something backing up and getting on top of her bumper. It had to be a high vehicle for that to happen. Otherwise, everything, the bumper would have been pushed in from the back if it's a low car that he took. Understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, I do. Because as professional, yeah, and maybe she just did it, and she didn't keep... realize it. You know, yeah. All right, listen, exactly. it's a proof problem. When you come into court and you're the plaintiff, you have the burden of proving the case. For me to look at him and say, "You owe that lady a thousand dollars," you have to be able to prove that they did something wrong and caused that, mm -hmm. and you're just completely unable to prove that once you leave the premises like this. My verdict in this case is for the defendant. Thank you, Your Honor. So the judge finds for the defendant in this case, I think everybody can sympathize with the plaintiff, but she could not prove her case that the damage happened in the parking lot. Uh, Eric, let me just ask you, do you get sued very often or, or is this an unusual situation? It is an unusual situation. Uh, it's an open lot. And besides my parking lot, how can you put it? It's a very cheap parking lot where I, you know, I charge $8 for a day. I understand. All right. Uh, Ms. Johnson, you understand the judge's predicament? You didn't have proof. You, you couldn't prove it, you know? Well, if I was able to get the video, I would be able to prove it, but I guess that's not in, you know, my control. Yeah, he, he well, as he claimed, the video cameras were not high definition. They wouldn't have showed it, probably. So I, you're just absolutely. kind of out of luck. Without proof, you're out of luck. And I know everybody can sympathize with you, but uh, that's the way it is. Okay, well, the judges explained this multiple times. Let's see what they have to say about it now. Here's another session of After the Verdict. What do you suppose the plaintiff could have done or should have done to really protect herself in a case like this where she's going to a parking lot, she's got her beloved car, she doesn't want anything to happen to it? Check your car. Whenever you give, you know, a several thousand dollar item to somebody right. and you're getting back that several thousand dollar item, right. check the several thousand dollar item. Mm -hmm. I confess, I don't always do it. You always do it. Whether I'm driving or you're driving, we come out of whatever business we were in, you walk all the way around the car and you look it over to see if there's anything obvious. I could be in a ball gown but, and you could be in a yes, tuxedo and yes. I, am I am walking around to make sure the car is and, not dented. <laughs> well, if you're as squirrely about your cars as I am, you don't park them in the lot at all. You right. find someplace else to you, put you it, find it where, like where a, you think it's safe. You find the last, the last space at the mall uh, right. two miles away because I've been there. Guilty as charged. That's that's what you do, yeah. not me. But I drop you off up front. The, yeah, actually, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Karen says this. Hey, Harvey, my neighbor's roof collapsed on his abandoned house and some debris fell on my house. Can I sue my neighbor? Well, if the debris fell and the debris wasn't secured, 
Uh, I think you got a damn good case, actually, because somebody who has an abandoned house especially needs to make sure things don't fly away.